Welcome to the Mackenzie McHugh Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. On this podcast, we'll dive deep into God's Word and build faith. Now, more than ever, people are hungry for God and hungry for biblical truth. On this podcast, we filter nothing. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, this podcast is just for you. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? It's Mackenzie McHugh. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. Welcome to the podcast. If you're listening for the first time, thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to share it with a friend or a family member, somebody who wants to be encouraged today with the Word of God. It's going to be a great day. Um, we're coming to the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I wanted to share um, a devotional with you guys of what the Lord has been speaking to me and what I read in the scriptures the other day that really um, helped me. And I believe it will help you today. Amen. Um, So let me open up with prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person who's listening today. And I ask God that you would bless them abundantly. And I ask in the name of Jesus that 2024 would be their best year yet. That, Lord, every single disappointment of last year, every single thing that didn't work out, I thank you, Lord, it won't carry into this new year. But in the name of Jesus, by the word of God, I thank you, Lord, for giving us fresh Um, understanding from the word and how we can see change in our life this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I wanted to, if you have your Bible, go with me to Luke chapter 12, verse uh, 22. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with this passage of scripture where Jesus is teaching about worry and worrying. And I read in Matthew, this is uh, the same passage as in Matthew 6. I always personally refer to Matthew 6. And I know this sounds bad, but I honestly like forgot about that Luke even had that. Like, like I know that sounds really bad. But I literally, like, I always just read Matthew's account of how Jesus teaches about worry. And then Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I, I mean, we all... If you're familiar with the word, you are familiar with, most likely familiar with that uh, scripture and the context of it. And Jesus talking about not worrying about your life and the details of your life. But in Luke, it really, it, it, it jumped out to me a different way. Just the wording of it. Sometimes it just is like, oh, I never really heard it that way before. Um, And God kind of highlighted it out to me a different way. So I'm going to read. We'll just read the whole passage because why not? Um, Luke 12, 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? 
Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. This is the scripture that really stuck out to me. Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. It emphasizes it again. Do not worry about it. It says it twice, basically in the same verse. For the pagan world runs after all these such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, and a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what Jesus is saying here in this text is that he's telling his disciples, it's not their job it's not their concern to try to figure out what they're going to eat throughout the day it's not it's not fully there they should not even worry about it they shouldn't worry about what to eat they shouldn't worry about their body they should not worry about what they will wear so jesus makes it very clear to not even worry about it and i wanted to to ask you today what are things that are on your mind? Because that is a evidence of worry. If something is um, constantly bombarding your mind, maybe you're believing for financial harvest. Maybe you're believing um, God to help you with um, school debt. Maybe you're believing God to help you um, with getting a car. I don't know what it is. But there, after you've done your part, because the, the Bible is a book of instructions that requires your obedience to it. So it's a, it's a covenant. It's a two-part two agreement. God's side and then our side. And when we do our part, God will do his part. So there's a, there's a time where, of course, you work hard. You know, give your all to your job or wh- whatever you do. Do it with all your heart unto the Lord. Um, not worrying is um, doesn't mean to not work hard and and not you know give yourself to something, but it's it's about trusting God that He's your source, that He's the one that's going to help you. Because I know there's some of you listening. Maybe your paycheck it's ju- it's just not even enough to do what you want to do, to do what you feel to do. I mean, like you're barely eating with it. And that's the thing is that God is a God of abundance and overflow. Say it where you are, abundance. God is a God of overflow. And we can't have worry in our hearts. To It's like literally like it blocks God. Like if you are worrying about something, actually Jesus said it in verse 28. That if you are worrying, that you have little faith. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So how silly is it for us to worry about, how am I going to pay for this? Oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? 
whoa, where, you know, where is this going to come from? And I think as you get older, it, it can be very easy for things to become money related in your brain. Well, I'm just budgeting. Oh, I'm just doing this. Well, yes, of course, have a plan, have, take, take good care of your money, but also be, be, um, don't dwell on it where it becomes like all your thoughts are on like, oh, how is this going to work out? How is this going to happen? And I think maybe especially for ladies, this is actually a really good, because we tend to plan everything out. Let's just be honest. Like, we're like, well, how is that going to happen? You know, I'm right here right now. You know, um, where am I going to meet my husband? You know, all the all these questions that we have. It's like, but I don't understand. You know, it's like we're trying to tell God, like, what, how it's going to happen. Like, we're trying to understand and literally, and I'm like literally serious. The Bible preaches, um, the word teaches against that. In Proverbs 3, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Let me go there. This is good today. This is good. Praise God. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, submit to him, and lean not on your own understanding. And Proverbs 20, let me read you that too. <clears throat> 20, Proverbs 20, verse 24. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? A person's steps are directed by the Lord. So there's a, and, and then it says again, how can anyone understand their own way? God is higher than you. God is bigger than you. He's limitless. And when we shrink him down to be, um, you know, God, I'm praying for food. I'm doing all that. You don't need to pray for food. Because guess what? The Bible says, do not worry about what you'll eat. Do not worry. God will already meet all your needs. He already will. He exceeds your needs. You don't have to worry about the small things. When you um, put God on the same level as like your needs and small things, it's almost like a, a slap in the face to God because he's limitless. So to limit him to like, oh, he can just do this. That is like, that is like your human fleshness, your flesh trying to understand God. And it's like, that is just not how it, how it works. When I read Luke twelve twenty nine the other night, I was very encouraged. And I felt the Lord direct me and like comfort me that do not worry about it. There's things in my, in my life and starting in the ministry this year, I'm, you know, there's, uh, there's things that, you know, require faith like I'm like believing for certain and very specific things um, because faith is is specific I'm believing God for specific big things so there's a tendency you have to let tell your spirit don't don't this is one thing I really um, was learning during this fast is do not make decisions just based on your mind like you have to go with your spirit with certain things because your mind will fight you. That's the limitation side, like your intellectual side. Like, how is this going to work? Like what? Like, you know, this doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, 
I, I worked all my hours this week. I, I did this and that. I worked to the best I could and I'm still coming up short with whatever. Whatever your personal what uh, circumstances where you just feel like stretched. Do you think the Lord doesn't see that? Do you think that God, um, he doesn't care about you, that you're not his, his son, you're not his daughter, that he doesn't want to help you? So I, I just started realizing, wait a second, if the Lord's telling me to not worry about something, it's because he's got it. That's why. And that's not being lazy. That's just, do you do your part and God will do his. And, and the Lord, the Bible commands to just not worry. Do not sit your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Do not worry about it. So to receive from the Lord, you have to get rid of worry. Don't think about it. Don't try to plan everything out specifically like of how and I'm talking about this stuff in the realm of like of faith and let's say like you sowed a seed and you're believing for you know however much to come back in or you have a specific like you're setting your faith on specific things your mind will try to come against that and you have to tell your mind from the word like you have to have the word of God stronger in your spirit to be able to um, combat that to be able to say no I'm not letting my circumstances tell me and one thing um, I've heard um, Pastor Dallas say is that faith the opposite of faith isn't fear but it's actually what you see it's actually sight because the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So that literally, and faith and fear can't cohabitate. But literally, also faith and sight. Sight, what you already are have, what you have in the natural. Well, I did just declare the word. Oh, I did just believe it. But I'm still seeing this. And that's when patience comes in. Because the Bible says that you gain the promises of God. Abraham gained the promises of God through faith and patience. I learned that from Gloria Copeland in her book, God's Will is Prosperity. So faith and patience. Patience is a, is a great part of it. But the key is, is to keep your confession strong. To keep what you believe unshakable. To keep your spirit, the, your spirit, your, um, your spirit man is the the man in charge and maybe I think I've taught on this a little bit before but you're made up of three you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in a body but primarily you are spirit if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ that spirit part man that spirit man part of you is a new creation you're a new creature but now you have to renew your mind in the soul part of you with the word of God every single day and teach yourself like no I don't think thoughts of doubt I don't think thoughts of unbelief I don't think thoughts like that because it can't it doesn't produce um anything in your life when you when you have to use your mind to work with you not against you um so I guess really I want to give you a couple points today Alongside with getting that, uh, reading Luke twelve twenty nine, I was reading out of Kenneth Hagin's book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, and he was sharing his testimony about getting healed out of the bed when he was lame, and he said that before, let me just read it to you really quick, because it was really great. 
<clears throat> this is just a little bit of what he said. And obviously this is not the scriptures at all, and it's not equal to the scripture, but Kenneth Hagin is a man of God, and it attests to the power of God. So um, this is what he said. I stayed in that bed nine more months before I finally saw that I had to believe I received my healing before it would be manifested. It was while I was praying and saying, I believe that I received my healing, that I saw what I must do. I said, I believe that I receive healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Then I began to praise God because I believed that I received my healing. <clears throat> All right, and then he said, what else did he say that I wanted to read to you guys? He said this, finally I got up to where I was draped over the bedpost. So Kenneth Hagin was completely paralyzed from the waist down when he was a boy. And he was basically pronounced to like die. The doctors were like, there's no hope for you. Nothing like that. And so Kenneth Hagin, he really fought for his healing himself. Um, this is what he said. I want to announce, so he draped over the bedpost. And this is what he said. I want to announce in the presence of Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the holy angels present in this room. I want to call the devil to record and all evil spirits that may be present in this room that according to Mark eleven twenty four, I believe that I receive my healing. And then he said, when I said that, physically I felt something. It felt like someone above me was pouring a pitcher of honey on me. I felt it strike on me on the top of my head. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'm going to scroll down a little bit. And then he said, all of a sudden I was standing straight. And I have been straight ever since. Hallelujah. So, one thing. Let's um, go back to my, my notes over here. So, when I, when I heard Kenneth Hagin, I was reading that the other night. And it just, it encouraged me. And this is going somewhere, so stay with me till the end. Hallelujah. Um, how many of you <laughs> have ever felt like you're striving to get something? It's like the worst feeling in the world to, to feel like I'm like praying in speed tongues and like blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, tongues is great, but if you're doing it like out of like just like that striving. But there's an ease in God. There's a flow that you get into in God when you're living in obedience and in the perfect will of God. There's an ease. There's a joy. There's lightness. Jesus said, my burden is easy and light. So there's no, there is a place to contend in prayer. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're like fighting, like I declared this and this and that, and you're just like, like, no, there's an order that should be followed. Um... And this actually really ties back into uh, Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you. So to receive from God, the first question you should ask yourself is, number one, are you busying yourself in the things of God? I think sometimes people might feel stuck or like, I'm not seeing this and that. One of the greatest lessons I've learned that has genuinely changed my life last year and this year on the 21-day fast 
was the goals and plans I have are much smaller and not always in line with exactly what the Lord actually has for me. Are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to lay down what you think you need, what your small little plans are, and and actually seek first his kingdom? Why don't you just say to God, use me. Father, I lay down whatever my preconceived ideas are about who I, uh, what, what I'm called to do, all this different stuff. I lay down. It's not about me. And it's not my will be done, but your will be done, Father. Are you so busying yourself and completely giving yourself to the kingdom of God? Where you can say with a confidence, like, I make sure I take care of God, like God's house. Like, I make sure that, not that you take care of God, he doesn't need, (laughs) but that I make sure I prioritize God's house. I prioritize going to church. I prioritize giving. I prioritize prayer and fasting. I prioritize spending time in my word every single day. I prioritize. I'm careful about who I hang out with. What is your life like? Is it evident that you are a believer? Is it evident that you have surrendered yourself like Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be given to you. Without you trying, without you striving for blessings, they will come and hunt you down. Because this is the thing about the blessing. It's attracted to you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the blessing is already in you. It's already upon you. So all the, the things that you could ever ask God for, how about first you throw those things aside? Because the, the Lord promises you will get those things. How about first we seek first the kingdom? So that's number one. Seek first the kingdom of God. Um, number two, whatever you're praying for and believing for. So first, are you, are you busying yourself in the things of God? Number two, do not worry. Do not worry. Like we were just saying before. Don't let worry choke out whatever you believe in God for. And I guess I would title today, How to Receive from God. I guess that's, <laughs> I'm just, I, these are just notes from my own, um, you know, just for the last few days of prayer and fasting, what I was, the Lord was showing me from the Bible. So, do not worry about what you're believing God for. Do not worry. Do not worry. Number three, believe you have already received what you've asked God for. Mark 11, verse 24 to 25. I'll do 22. Mark eleven twenty-two. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. That's good. That is good. Does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen. It will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. 
And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Hallelujah. Wow, that's powerful. That is really good. Wow. Does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen. It will be done for them. Do you see that? Worrying is a form of doubt. If you have that in your heart, in your mind, and in your thinking, give no thought for your life. Literally, give no thought. Give no worry. Give no place in your brain to try to think about the things of God. Just say, Lord, I lay it down. I'm not thinking about this again. How do you work? How do you not worry? For girls that might seem like, oh my gosh, how do I not do that? It's really easy. Do not worry. You have a will. You have a choice. We're getting back on that again. You have a will. You have a choice to worry. And the Bible says, do not worry. So it gives it, it shows that who has the power to not worry? You do. You have the ability and the will from God to, to not think about it again if you don't want to. So it's really just controlling, casting down thoughts, controlling your brain. Absolutely not. I'm not thinking about that. I gave that to the Lord. I asked him for a specific thing. I believe I have received it and I'm not thinking about it again. I'm not worrying about it. Amen. That is this this point right here is believe you have already received it. How did um, Kenneth Hagin receive his healing? He announced it. He confessed his faith. He said, but believes that whatever they say will happen. Whatever they say will happen, it will be done for them. Obviously, whatever you say being based on what the word of God says, that it's in line with the will of God, which is always divine health, healing. It's, It's always that. Anybody that tries to teach you that God is sending you a sickness to teach you something, they're, they're lying to you. That is not in the Bible. Jesus always healed anybody that came to him in faith. <clears throat> and then people also get offended with that. Well, are you saying it's my faith that... Look, there's many reasons why people don't get healed. For, you know, one person to try to figure it all out, you're putting a lot of responsibility on the person. For me personally, I take ownership of something. That's what I do personally. If something's not working, I'm asking myself, what, why? Like, I'm going to just keep standing and believing on the word. That's what I do. (laughs) Just letting you guys know. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen. I'm just going to keep reading this. It's so good. It will be done for them. Not might, but will. There's a guarantee it will be done. So faith works. And I think one thing, what prayer and fasting does is it kills your flesh so much that it makes it easier to just receive from God and just believe. Because it's not, the things that you are believing God for are so much bigger than you. It's not going to be through your own mind or your own brain power or your own willpower to do anything and get it done. You're truly, um, you have such faith, just a peace, like God can literally do anything. Hallelujah. Believe you have already received it. If you have a specific thing you're believing God for right now, even right where you're at, say, Father, thank you. I believe that I already received it. You know, the the way to do things, first you ask God, God, I'm believing you for this. After you ask him the first time, 
begin to praise and say, Father, thank you. Your word says, and quote God on his word. Quote him. Thank you, Father, the Bible says. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich and adds no sorrow with it. Thank you, Father, I am rich. Thank you, Father, I am blessed. Thank you, Lord, that I do not experience lack. Do not. I do not experience lack in Jesus' name. So there's a there's the confession side. So I guess that would be point number four. Confess thank you. Say confess. Confess it out loud. Thank you, Father, I receive. Fill in the blank whatever you, you're believing for. Your confession is a is literally um, evidence of your faith. What you say and do is evidence of what you're really believing. You know, people will say they believe like this, and then in a conversation, speak lack with just in, in casual lack, of, of just in conversation with a friend, and then God hears that, and he's like, okay, um, I guess you're, you don't really believe. Because because now you're mouth you're just you just said and confessed something that's anti Bible that's just not that's anti what you're believing for. So let your words work with you, not against you. And the the Bible also says life and death is in the power of the tongue. So what you say really does matter. Amen. Hallelujah. Confess, Father. So I guess number one was. Um, seek first the kingdom of God. Are you busying yourself in the things of God? Because that is like step number one, like requirement. But like you're a believer and like you're fully all in to receive like any blessing in your life. <clears throat> I guess number two would be, not I guess, number two would be believe you already receive it when you ask. Number three, do not worry about it. Once you've asked God, don't worry about it. Number four, confess. Thank you, Father. So I I would say, thank God for answering your prayer. Thank God for answering your prayer. I've learned that from Revival Today Ministries. I've learned that um, from them. That yes, you always thank God. In the Bible, Jesus, when he was giving... The disciples, um, when he was multiplying the bread, what did he do? He said, thank you, Father. He, he thanked God first, and then everything multiplied. He thanked the Lord. Thanksgiving and praise, there's power in your praise. The joy of the Lord is your strength, the Bible says. There's power in your joy and in your praise. It's it literally like... And God inhabits the praises of his people. It literally shows God like, wow, she, she like, she's fully like, she believes she really has received it. She's praising me like I already gave it to her. Because that, that's the thing is in faith, you, you, you already have it. You already have it. So confess, thank you, Father. This one is my, I really like this point. Okay, number five, refuse to be double-minded. Refuse to be double-minded. One thing I learned from Bishop David Oyedepo is you cannot rely on both man and God. You have to pick one of who who is your source. 
Who is the one that you rely on? Who is the one that provides for you? Is it man? Is it your boss? Are you looking to a man to help you? Or are you looking to God? El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Who is your source? How do you know who who your source is? It's who you look up to. It's who you would depend on. It's who you go and ask for help. That's how you know who your source is. You have to decide to put up a, a, a barrier and a, a draw a line and say, I decide I'm not looking to man for help. Like the, from this point forward, I'm not looking to man for help. I'm only depending on God. And the Bible says in James 1, chapter 5, um, not chapter 5, verse 5, James 1, 5 to 7. Let me, let me get there in my Bible. Hallelujah. I pray this is blessing somebody today. <clears throat> James 1, 5 to 7. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. <clears throat> so you can't look up and down at the same time with both your eyes. If you were to look up at the ceiling, <clears throat> it requires like you literally it's impossible to with your right eye look up and with your left eye to look down. I mean, I don't know how you would ever do that, but it's impossible to look up and down. It's the same way with who your source is. Don't be a double-minded person. Because the Bible determines, the, the scripture says the outcome of a double-minded man. The double-minded man will receive nothing from the Lord. That person, person, that person should, ex, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. God only responds to faith and he can't. He can't bless if, if he can't bless you if you're like unstable and double minded and you don't really believe fully what he's saying. We have to choose. Who are we trusting? Who do I depend on? Who do I who do I trust? Who do I look to for help? I love that scripture or that song. My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. I'm not looking to man. Now God can use a man to get something to you, but it's from God. And when you start shifting and relying on man, you become expecting for people to help you and give you handouts. Never expect anything from people like that. That, that produces like an entitlement in you and like a form of pride. Expect nothing, appreciate everything. I love that saying. I forgot where I learned it. Expect nothing, appreciate everything. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody. 
Nobody owes you any any of their time. Nobody owes you money. Nobody owes you anything. Anybody that wants to help you, that is a, a like that's the favor of God. That's from God. If someone is sent to help you, and there are people that are sent to help you in life, that God has for you. But how do you get that? You trust in God. You look to Him. Do you know prayer and fasting is is honestly like a it's showing God like I'm fully dependent on you. I can't do this in my own strength or my own willpower. I'm fully throwing myself into the thing of God, into the plan of God, into the call of God. Refuse to be double-minded. Think of uh, double-minded, double-mindedness as like contaminating your faith. And the, and the Bible also says that you will lend to many and borrow from none. So when it comes to money, determine early on, like, I'm moving away from borrowing from people. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. When you start making practical actions like that, and like, I'm going to pay for cash with stuff. When you start making literal, like, moves like that and actions, that is you acting your faith and saying, I'm not trusting in man. I'm not double-minded. I trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see. Oh, number six. I guess I I had a few points today, guys. This is, praise the Lord. This is the last one. Number six, put a demand on the Bible. To see and receive from God, put a demand on the word. Honestly, guys, I, I heard Pastor Adalis Shuttlesworth preach this the other day, and it really helped me. That's why I'm sharing it on here. And she she literally encouraged me with this. Put a demand on the Bible. And I have a testimony to share at the end of this live, or not live, this podcast. Put a demand on the scriptures. In Luke chapter 11, verse 8, The Bible says, uh, let's do verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, oh, and Jesus was just teaching about prayer. All through chapter 11, it's, it's about prayer. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, friend, let me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. <clears throat> now at the end of this chapter, it's talking about the Father giving the Holy Spirit, which is the context of this verse. I'm at this uh, passage of scripture. But 
the same can be applied just in prayer in general. That when you're asking God, the same principle can be applied when you're asking God for something specific. Do it with a shameless audacity. Do it with a demand. Repeat, like, consistently remind God, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Your word says this. Thank you, God. Your promises are yes and amen. I thank you, Lord, that I have received everything I've asked for in Jesus' name. Approach God with a faith, with a boldness. The Bible says to come and to approach God with boldness and confidence. You know you can boldly approach God. You know you can be bold. Go to him as if you were appearing to a judge and you had to say, Look, and give your case. Look, this is why. This, this is why um, I'm innocent. Or, you know, <laughs> this is why. Like, this is why. Um, these are the facts. This is what happened. Um, it's the same way with approaching God. Go to him. Say, Father, your word says this. I thank you, Lord, that you're, you are a man that you should not lie. You do not lie. You're not a liar. When you approach God like that, with a shameless audacity, you're getting his attention. The Bible says he will surely get up in this illustration. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Imagine that, as much as you need. He'll give you much, as much as you need. Shameless audacity. Put a demand on the Bible. If you've sown good seed over and over again in 2023... Put a demand on your harvest. Put a demand. Say, Father, I thank you that I sowed in faith. Father, I thank you that I believe I've received. I call those things that are not as though they are. Because the Bible says, I'm blessed. Whatever it is you're believing God for. And I know for a lot of people, it could be financial. Maybe it's your healing. Maybe it's the the salvation of a loved one. Find whatever issue you're having in your life. Find scriptures for it. Begin to speak them every day. Begin to openly declare. Here's a practical tip. Begin to write down those scriptures, meditate on them. Speak them. Get them in your spirit. Put a demand on the Bible. Because the word works. Amen? The word really works, guys. The Within that one night, I kind of... I heard uh, Pastor Dallas preach something similar to this. I was reading um, Brother Kenneth Hagin and his book. And then something I just realized, for me, what my problem was, was worry. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it in my mind. I was trying to figure out. There's a lot of new things the Lord has, um, which I should announce it, actually. If you're in West Virginia, or how about this? If you're in Haverhill, Massachusetts, well, actually, (laughs) by the time this comes out, I'm already not going to be preaching there. Never mind. If you're in West Virginia, uh, I think it's Philippi or Phil. I don't know how you even say it. Okay. Philippi, West Virginia or Philippi. I don't know what people say. Uh, West Virginia, Philippi, like in the Bible or Philippi. (laughs) I don't know. West Virginia. If you live there, I heard it's in the middle of nowhere, but if you're, you're there, if you're in the West Virginia area or Pittsburgh or wherever, and you want to come, I'm going to be preaching at, you know, this is a great time to know what the name of the church is. Okay. I'm going to be preaching at 
Okay. Oh my gosh, Megan's. I know the name of it. It's like New Hope. New Hope Family. Wait a second. Oh my word. How do I not? I literally know it, guys. Okay. I'm going to be preaching February 16th to the 18th. Times will be released soon. And um, in the name of the church, you know, I, I know. Oh, new. Okay. New Hope Family Worship Center. Philippi, West Virginia. I'm going to be preaching a youth uh, camp there. I'm very honored to like come to you guys. If you're listening, I'm very excited. Thank you. Um, yeah, so you guys can can come if you want. I will post it on Instagram in the days to come. So that's coming up. Um, there's things. So that that's actually going to be my first like ever extended meeting ever. And out of state, out of like, I've preached in Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts before. I've preached in the Dominican Republic. Um. But this will be, like, my first time, like, going to West Virginia, like, ever. So I'm very excited. Um, so if you want to, if you're in the area, please come out. It will be a great time. And I guess what, to wrap up today's broadcast or today's podcast, not broadcast. Um, I realize for me, in your brain, when you're stepping out and doing an endeavor for God and something you've never done before, your mind tries to fight you hard. And you're like, how is this going to work? And you know what? If 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 you don't have that battle, praise the Lord. But for me, I was like, I was like, Lord, like I need your help. And I just felt this, like right out of Luke chapter twelve. Do not worry. Like when God tells you to do not worry, it really helps. <laughs> and you're just like, oh okay. So I went to bed that night with my faith pumped up from listening to um, Evangelist Adalis and and also reading Kenneth Higgin and and both of their sermons correlated and it just built and then reading Luke 12 it just built a faith in me I went to bed and then the next day I go to work and I got great news about unexpected um financial increase that I I'm like thank you Lord like beyond do you know the joy that that brings the 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 load that's taken off there's so many things like we just need to activate our faith like literally activate it, believe it, speak it. God wants the best for you. God wants you to be living an easy life. And I know that would aggravate probably a lot of Christians. Like, oh, well, what do you mean easy life? This is really hard. You know, I was thinking about that. If we're going to say our American lives are hard, we have a problem. If we're going to say that being a Christian right now is hard for us, we have a problem. I, wonder, I want to read about Paul. And how about how in Acts he was beat up, left and right, persecuted, stoned to death almost, and then would get up again and start preaching. What type of a faith is that? That's a reckless type of faith. And we're over here complaining about, you know, in the wintertime it's it's really cold and like, you know, it's darker and like, I just, I feel so depressed and stuff. Like we dare have that confession when, when Jesus died on the cross for us. Like, I'm sorry. Lord Jesus. So anyway, thank you, Lord. Um, To wrap up today, I want to just let you know, whatever you're believing for, the Lord will help you. When you 
align your life with the kingdom of God. You don't have to go looking for those things. They find you. Those blessings find you. Amen? That's one of the biggest life lessons that's changed my life from last year and this year. Is that. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't try to. You know, I I said to the Lord. Lord, if you do not call me to be an evangelist, I don't care. Like I just got to that point last year. I don't even care. I want to please you. I want to do what you want for me. I'm not going to call myself into the ministry. I'm not going to call myself and have this self-made, self-promotion ministry all about, you know, there's so many motivational speakers out there. I will not be a a motivational speaker. I'm good. Lord, I'll do whatever you want for my life. And I have to be completely honest, the doors that have been opening in the ministry, glory to God, this year, the, the, the things that have been opening I haven't warred in prayer, guys. I'm being, and I say that in humility, like, it's the hand of God. It is the hand of God. As I've given myself through prayer and fasting in the beginning of the year, things just get loose in your life. And of course, I'm believing God for open doors. I'm believing God for great things. I'm not, like, anti that. I'm just open to whatever God has. I'm not necessarily like putting him in a box of like, it must be like this and I must do this. No, I'm good. I'm I'm flowing with the Holy Ghost. I'll put a demand on finances and and things I know in my covenant that are mine. But as far as like the plan goes and stuff, I'm cool with just like riding the wave of like, (laughs) like a man's steps are directed by the Lord. I know my steps are being directed by God and I don't have to fear. Anyway, I'm just really talking to you guys today. I, I'm enjoying this. We went over today, but I'm enjoying it. It's my podcast, so I can talk as long as I feel like. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so anyway, um, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer called the Sinner's Prayer. If you stay till the end, praise the Lord. I want to lead you in a prayer called the Sinner's Prayer. And this is a prayer of recognize first you have to recognize your sin that you have fallen short of the glory of god recognize number two repent repent means to make a u-turn to completely turn around to turn your back on sin in the way the world does life the world is coming to nothing but there is a heaven and i want to encourage you there is a god who loves you He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you on the cross, to give you eternal life. And you can receive him today. You know, you can become a child of God today. Recognize your sin. Repent. Receive Jesus Christ. Number three, receive Jesus Christ. You can receive. You can have peace with God today. Did you know that? If you're on the other side of this and you're saying, Mackenzie, I've never given my life to Jesus before. I want to lead you in this prayer right where you are. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. This is the best decision you could truly ever make. The Bible says, what, shall, what is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Your soul is more valuable to God than all the riches of this world. He loves you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, Forgive me of my sins. I confess you are the Lord of my life. 
I believe, Jesus, you died for me on the cross, and you rose again on the third day for me, that I could have peace with God and assurance of a salvation and spending eternity with you in heaven. Thank you, Lord, I'm forgiven. I turn my back on sin and on this world, and I'm free. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I am so happy for you. Please DM me on like Instagram or Facebook, wherever, and let me know that you prayed that prayer with me. The Bible says that angels rejoice when one person repents and turns away from sin. That all the... All heaven is rejoicing right now. All of heaven is having a party. For those of you who just gave their lives to the Lord. Hallelujah. For anybody listening that you're saying, Mackenzie, I'm believing for something very specific. I want to join my faith with you and agree with you that as we come into 2024, anything held up in your life that will be released to you today. In Jesus' name. Father, I come before you right now. I thank you, Lord. You're holy and you're awesome. And I thank you, God. We put a demand on what the Bible says. Whatever, whoever's listening to this on the other side and is believing for something specific, I join my faith with theirs. Lord, let it be done today. Let it be done today, Father, whatever they're believing for. In the name of Jesus. Any, any religious mentalities of, oh, well, just waiting on God's timing and, you know, let that be broken today. I break that in Jesus' name. That is a religious mindset that needs to be done away with. Lord, I thank you for every, every person listening to this, whatever they believe, that they can believe they have received it when they asked. And we'll give you all the glory for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, I can't wait to hear testimonies because faith really works. This works. So let me know what God does for you. And I am blessed to be able to deliver the word of God to you guys. And this was just a message that the Lord was helped. This helped me, guys, the other day. Like, I'm just like sharing with you literally like what I was just learning with all my heart. So Literally, God is a help in your time of need. So don't be discouraged today. Thank you so much for listening. You can listen to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to share it with a friend or a family member. Every single Wednesday at 8 a.m., a podcast will be released. Thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait. Please join me in person if you're in West Virginia, in the West Virginia area. I'll also be preaching in New Hampshire in February. I got coming up. I'm going to Tampa next week. Actually, when I'm when this will be released, I'll be in Tampa attending the winter winter conference. So it'll be great. I love you guys so much. Just just a little update on what's going on in my life. I hope you guys are having a great week and a great new year. And um, enjoy being off of your fast now. For those of you who were fasting, or if you're still fasting, keep going. Love you guys so much. Have a great week. Until next time. Bye-bye.